0: Welcome to the Nerds Podcast, number 851. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate, which is a monthly subscription box service for epic gear and gaming items and pop culture stuff. Uh, it's less than 20 bucks a month. You're going to get six to eight items. This is licensed gear, it's apparel, it's collectibles. It's, they're essentially unique, one of a kind items that. If you listen to this podcast, you pr- are probably in your wheelhouse. I'm just going to go on a limb and say that. Loot Crate is like a friend who knows what you love and then surprises you because you forget. Once you just kind of put it on subscribe and it just runs in the background of your life and then it's like, oh, I got the box. Oh, that's right. It, it will legitimately brighten a shitty day. will be turned around like that because you get this Loot Crate box full of stuff for yourself to play with. So you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific each month to subscribe. Uh, and then when the cutoff happens, that is it. Uh, it's over, and you have to. You get the next month. Then you can subscribe to the next month. But make sure to hit alookcrate.com slash Nerdist. Enter the code Nerdist for 10% off any new subscription. Uh, whether you're in the United States, Canada, Australia, the UK, there's more info on their site. So uh, thanks so much to Lucrate for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, I have something for the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Yeah? Next week. What's the date today, Katie? Today the is the 6th. So the week of February 13th at midnight... Live every night. Every night. Live. That's terrifying. 16th. I know. Well, you know. Initially, we pitched the show. We wanted to do the show live initially. Yeah. So we're like, what a great live at midnight. Anything can happen. And I'm glad we didn't because it, it. You know, we got 500 plus episodes to like really understand how the show works. But but our election special was live, and it was really. Uh, it, it went really great. And uh, and so I it, we talked to Comedy Central, and they said well, you can do live whenever you want. So. We're That's gonna awesome. we're gonna go do live for for this for this week and just see what it's like, see how it feels. So it will be there will be stuff that we'll be incorporating people as it ha- as the show is happening. We'll be incorporating stuff from social media as it's happening, and people can play along. Oh, people
1: and, are gonna love that. I hope so. That's gonna be cool.
0: I hope so. When on, on election night, we did a thing where yeah, uh, the, we, there was like an electoral points. Where uh, people could, you know, put a hashtag and then if, you know, they could essentially vote for whichever comic they wanted to, then they got more points based on that. So we're going to just be incorporating and, you know, there's no other fucking live comedy show on in late night at midnight still fucking innovating at 1130. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, did I get very upset just there? I got very upset just there. Uh, Katie Levine, what do you have in the Nerdist Community corkboard?
1: I got a couple cool things. Uh, this guy wrote in and he said he's producing a play in Seattle called Through the Plothole. It's written by his friend Micah Colding. And he really thinks that uh, Nerdist listeners would like it. It's a quirky original fantasy that in its simplest terms is a combination of Inception and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So that sounds really fun. Uh, it's going to be at the C- it's going to be in Seattle at the Slate Theater in the Inscape Building. at 815 Seattle Boulevard from February 3rd to 11th so it's going on right now you can find more info by going to their Facebook page and just searching through the plot hole and it'll have links to tickets there and everything and so yeah definitely check that out I think that could be really fun sounds like
0: a the address sounds like a fake address they're like (laughs) it's in Seattle yeah what's the address Uh, 815 yeah Seattle Street yeah Seattle Street (laughs) Uh, okay
1: and another thing uh, this guy wrote in and he's like and he said I just want to get the word out on a small Australian company that he discovered called Burly Fellow. Their primary their I know, it's the most Australian name. Their primary business is crafted men's grooming products, but the backbone of the company is to use its sales uh, and reach to support men's mental health.:
0: That's really nice what I
1: guess. Burly Fellow. It's so Australian. That's fucking great. But yeah, they that's use their name they, for a they thing. Use the products as a way to raise money and awareness for depression and anxiety disorder, disorders among men and support a bunch of organizations. So you can find them at burlyfellow.com. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Jeremy from Arizona that it wrote it. I going to
0: laugh story. and then you said it again. I support what they're doing. I just the I, name makes me giggle.
1: But I think that's great. I love that.
0: <laughs> Say it one more time.
1: Burlyfellow. <laughs>
0: Uh, i snorted this episode is uh keanu reeves back on the podcast you know the first time keanu came on we only had a half hour with him i think it's the shortest podcast in nerdist podcast history in all 851 episodes but this time he was kind enough to give us an entire hour he was great he was great and i always feel bad you know when we go in and when we get people during their junket day Cause it's yeah, just it's a long day, you know. You go to this. So we were at the London hotel, so it's like you show up at a hotel like this, or sometimes it's the Four Seasons, or, and the, the whole floor is just dedicated to press, and they're they just take them in the actors in one room after another, and you know they just ask them a lot of the same questions, and it's just drag them around, and you know. It's, but we uh, don't
1: ask them all the same questions. Well, no, because we have a full nice hour break. to talk
0: to people. We get to we get to cover a lot of these things. So it's just it's it's just. I, I I just should try to get someone to go, okay, you can just relax and have a conversation now. And he was great. Yeah. But, I, but I always feel bad for them in those moments. And I always feel like, I'm sorry we're here at your junket day. <laughs> and I'm not just asking you. I'm not trying to get sound bites. Yeah. I'm not doing sound bites. <laughs> Fuck sound bites. Uh, so John Wick 2, which is as fucking great as you uh, are expecting it to be. We watched it the night before uh He came on, and it's fun. It's just fun. It's just a fucking video game. All
1: the videos of him doing the training that like went around the internet were s- so cool. Like he looked so good. There's
0: some great long shots of yeah, <laughs> just the physics of the the blood spatter. Everything about it's great. So there aren't. Is I mean I guess there's. Should we give like a spoiler warning? It's not really a spoiler. There's one thing that happened in the first movie that doesn't happen in the second movie. And we mention it in this one. I don't think it's enough to ruin the movie for you or anything. I just, we can't really, I think it's going to be difficult to take it out because it just leads to so much other conversation, you know?
1: No, I think, I think if anything, it will make more people want to go see it.
0: Yeah, so uh, John Wick, Chapter 2, in theaters this Friday. Go see it. Keanu Reeves still making great movies in the year 2017. <laughs> This episode is uh, also brought to you by Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Not all ingredients are equal. Uh, there are fresh, high-quality ingredients. They make a difference, Katie.
1: They just do. They taste, better. they
0: taste better. That really better. hurt my fist. I think I need Blue Apron so I can have healthier food so my fist won't hurt when I pound <laughs> it against the table in anger at how much crappy, quality food is in the world when Blue Apron makes such fantastic... They just... It, it, it's great. I got it from my mom, too, who loves it.
1: Yeah. She fucking loves it.
0: Because you get the ingredients and then you just make it. Because she, you know, she particularly just likes to make stuff.
1: Dude, cooking is so much fun. It's
0: yeah. Such and a I've done cooking. the ones where they make the meal and then you got to stick it in the microwave and it's yeah. like, it's still, yeah, I don't know. It's not as rewarding. But it
1: this, is. You feel like you earned this meal. You
0: earned it. It's you, the you only difference is you it. don't have to go to the store. So, uh, for less than $10 per person per meal, which is way cheaper than eating out. Uh, Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients uh, courtesy of over 150 local farms, ranches, fisheries across the United States so right to your door, and they ship the exact amount of the ingredient that's needed for the recipe. So, if you know, if you work all day and you come home and you're tired and you're like, I have just enough energy to make some food. I mean, it's tempting when you're busy. Uh, believe me, I understand when you're busy. You just want to, like, jam, just fucking drive through someplace and jam a cheeseburger in your face. But... D- take a little bit of time. it's worth it. you'll have more energy, you'll feel better. you'll feel like you did something. Uh, it's less you know in 40 minutes or less. You'll have a home cooked meal, and you'll be you'll have eaten, and you'll feel great. Some upcoming meals in February include cashew chicken stir fry with mm. tango mandarins Ooh. and uh, jasmine rice, uh, udon noodle soup, miso and soft boiled eggs, roasted pork with apple walnut farro salad, and crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. So Ooh. these are really uh, these are not run of the mill food delivery service foods. They're fresh ingredients. Go to blueapron.com/nerdist. Uh, check out the menu, get your first three meals free with that code and free sh- shipping. So uh, thanks to Blue Apron for sponsoring this episode of Nerdist Podcast. BlueApron.com slash Nerdist. And here's the Nerdist Podcast number 851 with Keanu Reeves. Back on the Nerdist Podcast. Katie, would you please roll this thing?
2: Now entering Nerdist.com. <laughs>
0: That's good. A day where uh, everyone gets very inquisitive. Yeah, usually about the thing you're doing,
2: which is okay, you know. It's uh, it's putting up posters. You know, you want you want people to know about the the show you're putting on. And yeah, so. I know, but it's a whole separate.
0: I I always ask everyone about it on these on these junket days because. You know, when you first start out in the business, I, I don't think anyone ever thinks, I wonder, I should practice press day. You know, it's like, oh, you learn acting, you go to acting classes. You go to- yeah, I
2: don't think they're doing that in Yale. <laughs> they're not. And they should. They should be doing the press day. Um, But maybe that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know for me, way back when, 35 years ago, you know, going through that junket experience was definitely... I... I I like, you know, I I had done publicity and, and, you know, and I know that you're you're putting on a play, you're putting on a show, right? The players are coming to town. Right. So fundamentally, I was completely on board, but the experience was definitely in the beginning shocking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did anyone give you, what was it for? Like Razor's Edge or something? What was it?
2: Um, Let's see, which was the one? I mean, one that pops out in, in my head is the first time that I went to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. For uh point break. Got
0: oh wow, that far in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah.
0: What was it? Just the same? Was it
2: Well well, number one it was a culture. I'd never been to Japan. And I guess let's see, in America. Yeah, some of the like the uh Toronto Film Festival, you know, doing uh some junkets there and press interviews and stuff, definitely
0: Yeah. yeah. To me, it seems like it seems maddening now because we're in such a culture of um, editorial content demands where it's like every site has to put up 20 things at 50 things a day. And everyone's just looking for some little angle. And it's like if you say anything that's even that someone could rip out of context and make it the press today is so terrifying to me. The
2: old rip out of context. (laughs) An oldie but a goodie. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but the the problem with today's modern ripping out of context is that at least I would imagine at least tabloids, you know, in the 80s, you know, there were only a few of them. Now it's right. like if one person gets something then it's – Well, there was
2: always gossip,
0: right? Right. There
2: was all, always gossip and you know, the photographers waiting outside the hotel and all of those things. So it's, again, it's it's classic.
0: Well, how do you, you know, so when you're a young kid and, you know, you're coming out of a hotel and there's a million photographers and you're not used to that, do you think, oh, this is awesome, or what the fuck is happening, or is it... The latter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm, you know, you want to have a... Uh, you hope to be able to have a kind of separation of public and private, and and you know, um, you know, not necessarily have people intruding on you know your private life. But uh, on the other hand, it is cool when you get to meet folks who've seen what you've done and like what you do, and you know, give an autograph or take a photo or yeah. um, you know. So that's I'm 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 good with all that, but yeah. No, nah, yeah, but the uh, peering through the hotel window, or um, I'm going to take your picture while you're filling your motorcycle up with gas,
0: <laughs> and then it'll be the—they're just like us. They're just stars. Like are, us, yeah, they're human. We beings. We are though. We to... are we are human
2: beings <laughs> and, and, until
0: you don't want us to be exactly, and then it's a shit show. Well, that's the thing—is that so many people, so many people, really have this impression of you and people in you know who are in the entertainment as a two-dimensional thing it's like oh i see you in two dimensions basically i don't right. and they don't really see they don't they it's almost like which uh, is fine yeah is it is it okay i mean well i mean yeah
2: i mean it's not is it fine I, wait i have to stop for a second. <laughs> is that fine it's part of the deal um ah the old part of the deal another yeah. oldie but a goodie. yes you wouldn't be famous unless I was a paparazzi taking your picture, it, filling your motorcycle up with Exactly. Gags. You owe your career yeah. to me. Well, what about the film I did? <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 that too. But you know, this is definitely because this picture <laughs> there, you there, of you filling your motorcycle. Right. You wouldn't be famous. <laughs> I love that you ride motorcycles because it, feel, it seems I, – I was, I, was, I was in San Francisco over the weekend. I was walking by a motorcycle shop and I went in and they had these amazing Triumph motorcycles. Mm. I'm terrified of motorcycles. I'm uh flimsy by nature. And so <laughs> I'm just I just think of myself like getting on it at the shop. Thanks a lot, guys. Vroop like right into a post. <sighs> yeah, exactly. So is it was was this a, was motorcycling like a lifelong pursuit for you or was it something that you did later?
2: Um I always wanted to ride a motorcycle as a kid, but I, I didn't really have the culture around me. Like I didn't have any friends who rode motorcycles and um And then when I I moved to Los Angeles in 85 and, um, I was 20 and then I was, I wanted to, I was older and I was like, what are some things I want to do? And it was like, I want to ride a motorcycle. (laughs) And so, um, I ended up learning how to ride a motorcycle and then getting a, a, a bike and, and then that journey started, um, which you know, in Los Angeles, is amazing, right? Sunset Boulevard to the PCH into the Santa potholes, Monica
0: potholes, traffic, people not paying attention. Ah, to God. That. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and, and
0: buses that don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, that, that oil in <laughs> the, the oil, road. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of drizzle and the whole the, city shuts down,
2: and you're sliding. <laughs> and then, of course, don't forget about you know the choices that you make. Of course, like maybe I shouldn't be at that high rate of speed. <laughs> with <laughs> all of those shots of tequila. <laughs> but it feels so good!
0: I mean, there's nothing... And I'm not gonna, Do your agents ever say, like, maybe please don't ride your motorcycle anywhere?
2: Could you not no. do that? I mean, there, no. when you start a project, uh, you there, there are some agreements that you have to sign. Sure. You know, like, you will not ride your bike or jump out of airplanes or... And of
0: those. Only of if you're John Wick.
2: No, no. I mean, any, you know, I mean, you, part of your, you know, you get a health exam. You know, you have to go to the doctor and get checked out. And part of when they do that on that document, I agree not to. And. But they make you do everything in the movie. like, like Oh, well, that's okay because that's, you know, yeah f- you know, professionally that's supervised. That's under insurance. Yeah,
0: yeah. It seems like my wife and I watched the movie last night. It's fucking great. Oh, cool. Thanks. And I, I mean, I'll probably cut this part out because this is a spoiler, but we were real relieved that the dog didn't fucking die again. And there was like when the house blows up, I'm like, no fucking again. No. And then he comes up and licks your face. And that was almost like your way of saying, like, we're not going to do that again. No. Don't, you yeah. don't have to z- you can't kill a go- dog again. You can't. It was so important the first time. I completely – you know, the movie itself, the first movie too, really spiritually is kind of John Wick. The movie itself is almost the character of John Wick, right? Wow. It's yes. It's, it's uh, violent when it needs to be, but it there's a code and it's efficient and it just gets in and it gets out and it's like – Yes. It's fucking great, but I just loved so much – We're going to give – for the audience, we're going to give you every reason why it's okay that this man murders like a hundred people. And you're going to be – not only are you going to be okay with it, you're going to wish he killed more More. people. There's no end. There's no (laughs) No end to the revenge. There's no end at all. (laughs) No. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah, we definitely – I think from that premise, we kind of – you hand that off to that guy. And I I, I like what you're saying that the film is the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And – I think I mean that definitely continues in the second in in the second part of the chapter um you know the the film takes place five days later, and um you know the first thing he does is he's gonna go get his car that was stolen, you know, <laughs> and he's trying to reclaim his life, you know, and uh stuff happens
0: some things happen, but there is this recurring theme which you know as someone who's Have really started to uh, address mortality in in my Uh, mid 40s. How old are you? 45. 45. 45. Yeah. Uh, That uh, it's like, oh, wow, can you go back? Can you, you know, because they, it's just this this life in particular is never going to let this guy ever make another choice.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's in that, yes, it's choices, it's rules, which, you know, John abides by.
0: Right. But
2: um, they're starting to kind of, crimp on his style. (laughs) Uh, they're kind of starting to become conflicts with the life that he wants to lead and and the choices that he's made in the past are coming back to uh
0: collect I mean it's really – it's comical to me that you – I feel so much empathy for a guy and it's like and he picks up and it's a picture of his wife and he has that moment. And you're like, God, I feel so bad for him. And he literally just killed like 30 people. And you're well, like, wow. Well, it's not just 30 people. There are 30 horrible people. There are 30 arch villains in the, in the, You know, in the <laughs>
2: underworld. And they got a job to do, and you know, he, he just you know, they—that's what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> they won't let the fucking they, guy. Like, let leave me alone. <laughs> he just wants to go home with his dog. He just wants to hang out. He wants to grieve. You I mean, know. that's what we're we're, we're playing with—that expanding that kind of idea that there's John and John Wick, right? And in a, and in this picture, you know, John Wick is fighting for John, right? You know, John the widow john the guy who doesn't want to live in the world anymore of the underworld um who gets you know he has a choice either do what he's kind of bound to do to pay back a debt or uh or die right you know so john wick takes over and he's like yeah i get it but um <laughs> There's a price to pay, you know, and in in a weird way, John Wick keeps digging a deeper hole for John. Right, you know, so it's that conundrum of like, I want my agency, self agency, but in order to achieve it, I'm compromising any possibility of that actually ever happening. Right. So it's delicious.
0: Well, and you mentioned you mentioned (laughs) dramatically delicious. I I I I, I mean this as a tremendous compliment but i one of the reasons why i love the second movie is because it almost feels like harry potter for assassins you know there's like this whole world that <laughs> yeah. the rest of humanity doesn't see yeah and there's this whole like magical world of you know like assassins, assassins. and this
2: whole the, the high table gets introduced yes yes clans, yes
0: yes. all of the kind of the clans of darkness and and john wick is kind of the chosen one you know i mean like i feel like I feel like a lot of your characters are sort of like the chosen, you know, there's like Neo and... Gen- right. It's like all these characters. Constantine. Constantine. There was, a, there was a really great question on Reddit today where someone said, if any actor could assemble all of their characters from films, who would right. have the strongest army? <laughs> like, oh, shit, that's a really good... And you, and you, Stallone? Stallone, maybe, but he doesn't really... With Schwarzenegger? The, with the exception of Judge Dredd, they don't really play... You know, Schwarzenegger played um, was in one superhero movie, right? But so, but actually, your your name you were at the top of the list and just listed all of the yeah, yeah. It just it listed every you know from Speed and then uh, what about Clint Eastwood? But he, he just you know he play plays like a gunslinger and like a bare knuckle boxers you know right. and then and then cranky old racist guy you know right it's like I don't know if that I don't know if get off my lawn is that threatening as an army No no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you but I kind of feel like I kind of feel you know do you, do you think you would have a formidable army as uh, with all of your like all of the all of the cats I play all the cats Yeah,
2: I just I wouldn't mess with them. I don't know if they'd come marching in trying to like... They're all kind of reactive, aren't they? They're, Very reactive. They're not really looking to take what's yours.
0: No. They're kind of trying to keep what's theirs. It's guys who have... It's guys who are just like, fuck, just let me live my life. I'm, maybe I made some dumb choices in my 20s, but for fuck's sake, just like, get over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Heaven and
2: hell, John Constantine. Wow, you know, I, this was brought up to me too. Is like, how many Johns have I played?
0: I noticed that. Yeah. yeah, I John, don't know the Johnny. number. I think there
2: might be six or seven. I don't know. But I think what... I've, I've got an Army of John. <laughs> <laughs> sounds almost punk rock, It right? is a little
0: punk rock. Army of Johns. Army, army of fuck. Johns. New band? Army New of Johns? New band, it's a band name. Army of Johns. Yeah. Actually, I know we're joking around, but I think you should seriously consider it. <laughs> I think you should seriously... One, two, three, four! <laughs> I am John, I am John, I am John! John, I'm John! But what's great about it is that it... I, I think because... <laughs> I think a lot of your characters do sort of represent the, like, the, the, they're sort of aspirational in that way of like, oh, that could be any, that guy could be anybody. Right. You know, he's right. John, like, he's this very, in, in one part of his life, he's this very sort of invisible, generic guy. And in, certainly in The Matrix, he was that guy in the right, beginning. Right, sure. And, uh, but, it's this untapped potential that he has. Like, as right. the everyman, he can be, like, the. The extraordinary. The extraordinary, the, 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 the Uberman, the, you know. But through The struggle.
2: Right. Right? Through the fight, through the discovery. um, you know, All your guys have to go through a lot of shit. They got to get... Yeah, I know. Chad Stahelski, the director of uh, Chapter 2 here, he, uh, he kind of delights in just crushing John Wick. You know, he gets <laughs> hit by cars and thrown through windows and beat up and shot, which is... It's kind of funny. He's like, yeah, I like just, you know... With that guy, Um, which is fun because it's you know you get that kind of will and you know you get to get knocked down and you know brush it off and live to fight another day.
0: Yeah, but part of it really is, you know, someone said, I I, someone told me that uh, the number of moves that you can do in a single take was is kind of legendary in fight training and stunt. Hmm. circles because they're like, yeah, the amazing thing about Kano is that he will, it's he, like a lot of performers, like, okay, one, two, maybe three moves in right, and they got to right. put like, but the the amount of focus 14. that you have, the amount of focus, you yeah. know the number, yeah. The no, fo-
2: I don't, I'm making that up.
0: But the amount, let's just say it's 14. Okay. You know, that doesn't put it, put it sound, let's say, that, well, if we're going to do that. Okay. Yeah. 38. 38 is great. <laughs> Any any blog could pick that up and just report it as news and it's fine. That's what happens now. New but reality. It's a new reality, yeah. As long as you say it and they can source it, it doesn't fucking it's matter. It's called a new fact. It is a new fact. It's an alternative <laughs> fact. but uh, <laughs> Which apparently are as redeemable as regular No, they're, they're the same. Yeah, they're exactly the same. They're exactly the it's same. Like, it's like, it's like uh, <laughs> paying for groceries with like uh, McDonald dollars or something. It it's doesn't just, matter. It's a dollar. It's a dollar. What it's are you a talking about? Yeah, Somewhere it has yeah, value. value. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be here but it doesn't matter (laughs) new fact but it's just that it's just that amount of that amount of focus um you know i've i've benefited
2: from a lot of training and and a lot of great teachers and um definitely when you go into john wick you know uh there's training because you can fake a fake punch I mean, like, you know, throwing a punch and then someone faking to get hit. But it's a little different when you're doing a judo throw um, and a little different in the jiu-jitsu. And, uh, and then also the, with the gun work, they wanted, you know, wanted to give me the opportunity to, to do a lot of gun training, target shooting. And um, just to get to, you know, to be able to be comfortable with the weapons and to, to, to be real with them. You know, like, yeah, that guy can do that yeah um and which I think is part of the fun of watching the movie because you kind of get connected to the character you're watching him go through these fights and to do these things um and so for me, as a performer, it's fun to be able to be there to create that connection to hopefully the enjoyment of the film um, so that's the raison d'etre
0: <laughs> whoa, that's very fancy uh Where do you find these guys, especially? When so much of the movie is this character is being defined by how hard he can kill the shit out of everyone. And they are, there are some amazing, like, video game grade sequences, yes. especially like in the catacombs running through the tunnels. Yeah. And, so, the, the, my wife my wife loves that stuff too. Oh, really? She likes to cool. Do fight training. And, uh, uh, and just the the angles of the shot, so you can see like the the bullets yeah. batter against the rocks and everything.
2: Oh my! But yes. It, so what with it, with it with a the director loves that stuff. I mean, every shot, every every explosion, every bullet hit, every you know there has they they the math has to be right. Right. You know, there's the math is right.
0: So when you, I, I guess it's, it's sort of the difference between the the technical aspect of making sure that. You know, everyone dies and everyone John Wick goes in to do what he's supposed to do, but then how do you, as a performer, go, okay, well, where are we gonna find this guy's humanity? You know, like we know that he is an unstoppable killing machine. Right. We know he's this boogeyman character that cannot but be stopped. He's
2: fleeing, he's fighting. Again, I think it's the reactive aspect of it. The humanity is that he's fighting for his life. Yeah. Right? And and I think also with the with the context of the world, um, there's like an agreement, right? Yeah, like he's being chased. They're shooting at him. Okay, they're shooting at him because in the previous scene, I, I might have, you know, killed someone. <laughs> but,
0: but you had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, you know, and maybe I wasn't quite, uh, you know, but then, you know, someone puts a contract out on me, and I'm fighting for my life again. Yeah, so hopefully you root for the guy. Hopefully you root for John Wick. I mean, I write, I I root for him. I, uh, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Lost his wife. They killed his dog. They
0: did. Yeah, I know. He just
2: wants to retire. He wants to like hang out. Maybe he's going to go fishing. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like woodworking. I don't know. Restore books. You you know, know,
0: I do. I do kind of wonder places where my brain goes like, okay, so what if John, because the way that this movie ends, it seems like, well, there has to be a third one. I mean, right. right. But, uh, but I, but I think like a guy like that, I just wonder. I get too real with it. I'm like, well, how does, how would he process all of that? I mean, at a certain point, especially as you as you get older and you get more reflective, and you know, can do you think it's even possible for him to process like everything that he's experienced? Um, he's. I think the character definitely
2: has some stuff to work out, <laughs> and he might need to seek some, you know. A professional healthcare worker. <laughs> um, but right now, he's a little busy. Yeah. And, you know, does he have a little post? I mean, yeah, we kind of get into that. You know, a character asks him, you know, do you believe in hell? You know, and he's like, yeah. You know, He, I think that there is... I mean, I, it's not explored, but I think it's in the fabric and kind of emanates from the character that... um that he knows who he is and what he's done and where that might be morally and ethically. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah,
0: is it silly to but ask,
2: I, but in the context of where we see him, yeah. I think that, um, cause they talk about missions or like the impossible task that he had to do in order to get out in the first place. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, th- I feel like when we see him that there is a kind of, he's not a bad guy. He's not, you know, there's, again, I just go back to fighting for his life, but that's not enough. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's a bad
0: man. Right. But I guess you as the performer can't really ever think any of your characters are are bad. I Maybe mean, I don't I can't I'm really, not that guy. You're not I'm that not guy. I'm
2: not like you have to fall in love with the villain <laughs> and you know they're not bad people and like no man he's bad. Enjoy it. Okay, you good. You know. Good. Yeah. No. Come on. But you don't really play uh, I've played a few villains. Do you have a favorite that I've played? Yeah. Um, you know, like all my children, I love them all. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I I played a, a a kind of a villain a character named Donnie Barksdale in Sam Raimi's film The Gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this uh English Chinese kung fu movie called Man of Tai Chi, and I played the villain in that. Um and he was delicious. I mean, he just was interested in corrupting an innocent soul and interested in death and yeah. That was fun because <laughs> he was a little more fantastical. Right. You know, Donnie Barksdale was an awful wife bidding, be it beating fucking asshole. Right. So, you know, it was okay to play him, but
0: he was a jerk. <laughs> do you ever, you know, a- a- after a movie like that, or after a movie like John Wick, do you ever go, "Hey, maybe I just want to play a movie. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm just a character who just uh, doesn't really get out of bed very much, and is just on a on a cruise ship most of the time." <laughs> do you have a coma movie? <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe I wake up from a coma and I'm just in bed. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, can I be the king of something? Yeah. Can and I maybe just, there's, uh, yeah, I have servants. And, a bunch uh, of other people
0: just run around and kill that guy. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. In uh, Tahiti? <laughs> Or like South or, of France or, or real low, a real like low stakes, romantic comedy or something. Or oh, it's low like low
2: stakes. Romantic. There is no low stakes in romance.
0: I get that's true in real life. But in romantic comedy. Oh, like, that's right. She's she, he's, he's an accountant. She's a, <laughs> a fortune teller. And how do they it's reckon, wacky. It's wacky. How do they fit? How do they he likes his forks in this drawer and she leaves her <laughs> pants on the floor. You know? Oh, my God. I mean, come on. <laughs> you must you must feel some relief. I mean, I, I I suspect that you probably love the grind, though. You probably seem I am to a en- grinder. You enjoy the grind of like, let's fucking get into this and let's parse it out. Well, what else would you
2: do, it, man? Yeah. And then that's that's true of doing the fortune teller and the, what was the other person's? What was I what think was he was, he was right? an accountant and the accountant yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, digging into the characters and into the story and dedicating and committing to. The work and telling the story is, is is the pleasure. Um, but I do also, in terms of action, love the physical side of it. Yeah, and I, and I like the training, and I like, you know, trying to achieve sur- super perfect in an action sequence. And um, it might be my Virgo ness coming out. Uh-huh, you sure. Know? Um, so I would be that guy, like my socks that way. You know, right. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it just. Uh, it just seems like but I'm a fortune teller. Uh, you're for, you'd be the fortune teller yeah, and right. the other person yeah. would be the accountant. That's how that yeah. would play out. But it just, it just seems like uh, uh, there's so much focus in everything, such a tremendous amount of focus. And do you ever sort of feel that, uh, hey, maybe I don't need to do this for a while? Because you, everything you do ever since I first started seeing you, uh, I'm not that much younger than you are. It seems like you kind of just do whatever you, whatever you feel like you want to do. <laughs> Big movies, small movies, main characters, not main characters, it just seems yeah. like, you know, or like for Key and Peele's movie, like, oh, I'll just do the voice. you know, like, do why the not? voice. Why not? I'm the cat. You're the cat. So why not? Uh, I mean, that that's a very specific type of a mindset that seems to operate kind of just on their own wavelength. Right.
2: Um, you know, it's always been my hope to try and do, you know, different genres, diff- different scales of films. Um different kinds of stories and i mean i i just you know i i enjoy what i do and um and i like doing weird shit and hopefully creating worlds and popular work and um and you know this for me it's really the material and who you're working with yeah um and that's for like if something's coming to me in terms of like developing things um Yeah, I mean, I I I like doing what you said, you know, playing character roles or supporting cast or leads or, um, you know, playing John. Sure.
0: Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel
2: really fortunate to have been able to do
0: that. I mean, and it also kind of seems like it doesn't really feel like you feel like you're just kind of your own entity. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it doesn't because there are certain people I go, oh, they're a part of that scene or they're a part of that scene. It's like, oh, you just sort of operate in your own space, and that's a that's more of a I don't know, it's a, it's it feels like a little more trailblazy, but do you ever feel like ah, I better do this or I should probably do this to help this or do you really just go, hey, this is exciting to me, I'm just going to do it cuz it sounds fun?
2: Um I think they're they're both that's those are both true. Um uh definitely there's, you know, professional considerations of like trying to um you know, in terms of the acting capacity uh, I'm a beggar, right? So I can't do it by myself. It's a collaboration. It's a collaborative art form. Um, and so it's not quite like I just order it up, right? So right. I got to develop work or I got to take meetings or, and, but I, but again, I'm also not saying that there aren't opportunities, right? So, um, Let's see. What's my point? I've kind of drifted adrift of a point. Well, I think it's just ha- it's how are
0: you? You know, ha- how do you know, or what is it that what is it that inspires you, or Because some of the movies, like you know, w- when they're pitched to you, it's like Point Break. All right, they're surfers, but they're bank robbers. And you're like, well, how Fantastic. Does that Fantastic. That...
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I mean, specifically on that, I hadn't been in an action genre picture, right? So Catherine Bigelow, as the story's told, has just really had to fight to have me to play that role you know right the, the studio went keanu reeves johnny utah action movie uh and Catherine went yes you know and they were like what are you thinking and she was like he's the guy um so thank you again Catherine, because um, that changed my life um and that's again where it's collaborative you need someone to kind of put that out there um I'm adrift again, but that's you know that's that be adrift. Listen, you're gonna have to you're
0: gonna have to talk for like twelve hours today. And no, 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 no. And I always feel bad about pitting people down when they're doing a press day because I'm sure a lot of it's like you know here's five questions. Here's no, no, no. no, no, no. But I'm I'm
2: just what was your question? Because it's it's what is what was it? It's really just
0: about it's really just about you know selection and choices and and how do you what is it that excites you about something like what is it because you have well then it's like if it's cool
2: (laughs) i mean if it's to your taste if it's like something that you that you like you know you like the character you like the story um then you know oftentimes i'll say yes when other people are like uh no you shouldn't do that movie you know you you know it's too small or the subject matter's too challenging or, um, but that often happens with, I guess if it's just a singular populist point of view. Sure. And, and maybe that's the distinction,
0: you know, but you must have some sort of a gut. I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, I mean, your life is essentially everyone's life is, is, is a series of choices that they make some good, some bad, but they sort of have to, you know, end and, I think everything has some type of value, even in the ones that don't work out. Because you go, okay, right. I learned. If you can learn from stuff, right, then you can do better the next time. You hopefully. know, hopefully. Hopefully, how's that going for you? For it,
2: me, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm doing okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe I have a learning disability. No, I, I think don't know. it's
0: healthy to always think you're doing just okay. I think <laughs> yeah. if you think you're nailing it too much, you're not nailing. You're it. just
2: you're just weird.
0: You're just <laughs> weird. Yeah, you're not nailing it. But I think it's bad to swing too far to the other side and be like, I'm a failure. Right. I never. Yeah, you know. I think to think, okay, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Do it's healthy. Yeah, it's. I think it is healthy. I think it is healthy. But uh, you know, it's especially in 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 this business where you, it takes so many people to make a thing. And then it takes so many people to make a thing good. So like, you know, with the, with, with the Matrix, when that hadn't been seen before, really, right. at least not in American cinema. Yeah. And so how do you, you know, how, when they're going, we're going to do this and it's going to look like this. And if people don't have a frame of reference, I'm sure there were people who went, well, that's never going to work. So why are yeah. you the guy that says, I know that can work?
2: i don't know i really liked the script and the stories and and when i met the directors they were fantastic and um but that's also what made them exceptional and and the and the studio at the time that took a chance on them and you know they had proof of concept right so they had the script and they had some images and they had done bullet time they had done like a Uh, a proof of concept of bullet time. So there was a bunch there to say yes to. But also, you know, humans are batteries and they live in a digital world. It's like some Philip K. Dick stuff, right? Yeah. And I could see how someone could say, uh, and we're going to spend how much to make that story? (laughs) Uh, Well, we need, you know, whatever tens of millions... Tent ten, ten, uh, uh, that? Uh, what? How much was that? Um but they did and God bless them all. Yeah. And
0: um I mean it was hard not to get super excited to see Lawrence Fishburne pop up in this movie. Oh it was like, oh gosh, there you is. come on, there, there, is. there they are. Yeah. Um you know it was cool. It was
2: I had seen him socially and, and uh and he was he was saying that he really enjoyed the first one and he kind of kind of just not flippantly or said but you know if anything comes up in the second one let me know and i was like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> i was like as a matter of fact Lawrence there is and so um chad sent him the script and and thankfully he responded to the role and and then of course he 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 came to the picture and knocked it out of the park yeah he's great he's that guy he's amazing
0: do you so how do you uh separate the I'm the producer, I'm like a producer hat versus a just an actor hat.
2: Um I guess you just take them on and off quickly.
0: Right. Or <laughs> um I mean you don't want when you're in the middle of, when like, when you have to shoot and you're in scenes, I'm sure the last thing you want is people come in and go, "Hey, uh, here's some producer if things you need yeah, to work out."
2: On this on this project I'm not that guy.
0: Okay. Yeah, on John Wick
2: I'm I'm more of a I'm not a credited producer. You're so not. Okay. I'm not. No. Um,
0: I just assume on everything you do you probably I, have
2: I have I have a point of view and I'll ask those questions going into the picture you know and I'll go into the office and check everything out and how's it looking and what are we doing and what are the resources and um, one because I like it but two it impacts the film you're in yeah um, and you know with John Wick 2 there's a real shorthand with the director and the producer Basil wanick and and what Chad needs what the picture needs and um, so I might weigh in on that, uh, and uh, certainly creatively, you know, when we were coming into having the opportunity of doing chapter two, um, you know, Chad, uh, the, the writer, Derek Kolstad, Basil Awanek, the producer and myself, definitely there were meetings and definitely involved in the collaboration
0: and the creation of the story that we tell. How do you define, uh, w- for you, what is a success? You know, is, is is it some sort of an external thing like, oh, a box office or, or, or the press or whatever? Or is it like an internal thing? Like, I know I did a good job on this regardless of what happened.
2: Yeah. Um, the latter is definitely number one, right? So that's like the work that you did, the work that you did it with and the film that got made. And if you feel positive, if I feel positive about the work that we're doing, mm-hmm. then the other things, whether the budget of it um or how it's critically received um don't impact me as much in the sense of like you know for me if it's if it's monetary which is connected to did people like it you know did they like what you do and uh, like what you were a part of um that's important you know because you want people to like what you're you're a part of and what you're doing um so if uh if it doesn't make money it means that no one saw it and if you really feel strongly and love what you did um can i swear on the nerdist
0: yeah 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 we've been fucking swearing like crazy okay well that's a fucking drag yeah so it's like
2: it's um yeah and then critically yeah i mean you try not to read reviews but ah they creep in (laughs) one always
0: gets like did i leave the window open (laughs) wait it's back to who left the back door what 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 how did that press What's get in here? How did, how did that interview put this here? God well, damn opened? it! Oh, I did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? I hope they like it. You know. Um, but that's like, but that's like the date that can be a, a momentary thing. But sure, the thing that lasts is really um your my experience for me, just my experience making it in the film that got made, like. For me, a film that I did called Generation, um, I, I think there's eight people who have seen it. But I love that film, and I love the work that's in it from myself and from the other actresses and actors and um, the director and everybody. So, you know, pieces like that, you're like, oh, I wish people would watch Generation. Um, it's a nice movie. Um, but they didn't, so it's a drag.
0: But But, you know, I think ultimately that's just an external thing that you can't control. And that can, that right. can be a variety of factors of, Oh, you know, it came out at a time where this happened or it just kind of, mi- but that doesn't mean. Yeah. 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 But now with <laughs> Netflix, you know, like now yeah, with
2: Netflix. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you do. Like, but that's one of the real, uh, one of the cool things about digital exhibition and distribution that's happened over the past eight years is that the r- films are having a, A different life, but 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 to have the opportunity of being seen, and so you will get that like response of you know on the street like oh I saw Generation Om, that was weird,
0: and you're like like, yeah cool you saw it yeah Um, so is there do you have like a couple like maybe two or three movies that you feel like it whether they were huge hits or not huge hits but you feel like oh I would really like people to see these couple movies because they either. You know, represent something Film special soccer, for you.
2: Private Lives of Pippa Lee, A Scanner Darkly. Nice. Um, what else we got floating out there? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna. I mean, the, the the kung fu movie I made, Man of Tai Chi. Have you seen the documentary I did called Side by Side? No, what's that? Oh my God, the documentary Side by Side about the transition from photochemical film and then digital.
0: Oh, we're going to watch the shit out of that. No, it's a good one. My wife and I love that. Oh, you do? Oh, well, then stuff. this is
2: actually, it's it's really cool. It's directed by Chris Keneally. I produced it. Oh, that's great. A part of, One of the producers, Justin Slaza, produced it as well. But it's, I got to, I had this feeling of like, I was in a, Oh, Henry's Crime! Another nice, yeah, yeah. Vera Farmiga, um, James Caan. Nice movie, romantic. <laughs> um, anyway, I was working on that. I think it was 2011, and um, and right there, I was just seeing like they were doing digital color. Um, and there was this conversation happening between the digital colorist and the photochemical colorist as we were matching photochemical film and digital. And then there were the new, all these new digital cameras coming on. And, and I was like, this is the end of film. <laughs> and so I started on this kind of journey for a year and a half of interviewing people about that, the end of film. You caught that film. moment. Yeah, I did. Because while we were making it, Aeroflex stopped making camera, photochemical cameras and Panavision um, and it was really coming to the, the area Alexa was coming and so I spoke with cinematographers and filmmakers George Lucas Christopher Nolan I mean there's a Lars von Trier uh, Steven Soderbergh oh, wow. uh, Robert Rodriguez so we were really doing like the dig, new digital uh, David Lynch we'd done early video um, so we were really kind of going this transformation from digital video to to high-end cinema cameras um and then just the end of film and we get into archival um and just you know what are we losing what are we gaining you know what is the difference between a photochemical image and a and a digital image um and uh so if uh and it got into digital. I mean, not really... All things digital. Really, the last piece was the digital camera that right. made it all possible, right? Um, and so, Side by Side is about
0: that. That's fantastic. And especially because you have so much access to... You have access to people that most people do not have access to. Yeah.
2: That helped. I mean, I, we went to a, a film festival in Bidogoch in, uh, in uh, Poland... It's called Camera Image, and it's a cinematographer's film festival. It's where we started. And so basically, we had a couple of guys, the director, producer, and a couple of cameramen. And we, we basically bum-rushed a film festival <laughs> and just started, like, interviewing. And because I was there, you know, I, some of the film uh, cinematographers I'd worked with, they'd known me. So it was safer, right? Sure. They would say, like, oh, it's Keanu Reeves. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll take 10 minutes and talk to you. Um, and then from that, we kind of gained a reputation and then basically, I was writing letters and contacting people's managers and agents and saying, "Wherever, however, whenever we will come to you and will you interview us?" We go, can I, in- can I interview oh you?" Oh my God,
0: that's amazing. I would imagine the first five minutes of any of those people would be like, "Oh, before we start this, who would win in a fight, Constantine or Neo?" You know like, because <laughs> people are fanning out, you know it's that's like-
2: Yeah, no. But yeah, but no. <laughs>
0: no. Um, By the way, I feel like it would be Neo
2: of oh, winning? Yeah. I, Constantine or
0: Neo? Yeah. Oh, I mean man. Neo's kind of a he's in in the within the matrix he's kind of a god. So I guess within the matrix, I guess if it was just like Okay, non-Matrix. well
2: then we're choosing the venue. Right? Are we in reality or are we in the digital world?
0: I wasn't prepared to get that
2: question, I mean, what, is this his home field or what's the weather like? I don't... Where, I mean, <laughs> what's, what's going what's on? What's the weather yeah.
0: like? The sun's blocked out. The humans <laughs> blocked it out to defeat the machine, so they use the people as batteries. It's a terrible reality.
2: Right? And then Constantine puts his forearms together, starts <laughs> speaking some
0: Latin. <laughs> <laughs> and here come the demons. <laughs> Deal with that, Neo. All right, fine. Thomas. All right, fine. You take Constantine. I take Neo. It's totally fair. It's totally fair. Reasonable, I uh, you know I, I I'm I've been seeing a lot of people seem to keep throwing the Bill and Ted question at you, and the only reason I do is because uh, Alex Winter was just on the podcast oh, right. maybe like uh, when he did the dark web documentary, sure. and uh, I always I always bug him about that, and he's like, yeah, you know, you know, we're still we're talking about it. it, we're still talking about it, we're still talking about it, but uh, we're still talking about it. I still think it would you know, whenever you decided to do it, I that we want
2: to do it. We're waiting on a script, and we're waiting on you know these entities we're waiting on the business side of show business to get their acts together right because it's a rights cluster fuck so there's mgm and then this other company stx that's trying to do it and
0: we'll see that that's really interesting to hear because a lot of times when people you know people who are not in the business go why don't you just do this thing and it's like okay <laughs> usually when something doesn't happen the answer is lawyers you know that's yeah. usually usually the problem yeah, getting so lawyered up so, um, so maybe just give people if you can just give people a little idea of like with something like this or anything, what the process is, so they understand. Like, it's not like we're not doing it to punish you. Like, it's just yeah, a, it's just a process. Well, you know, the the writers
2: had originally. This was, I think, now seven years ago. It come to Alex and I, and they had an idea. Um, Chris Mathis and uh, Solomon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to to tell another, ver- another story. And so Alex and I was like, cool. And we riffed and they wrote a draft. And then, so from there we had a producer. We brought Scott Kruf on board who was um, one of the original producers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you're like looking for a director and then you're looking for a place to, to pay for it um, and hopefully have distribution. And so that's MGM. And then MGM's like, no, we don't like it enough. And then this company STX was like, yeah, we kind of like it. We'd like to do it. And then STX and MGM have to start talking to each other. right? Right. So you get into chain of title, you get into rights. Uh, and then they start negotiating it, and they're still. Uh, and then yeah, STX wanted some different drafts, and so the writers do some different drafts, and they're doing free drafts. And then we're like, you can't do that anymore. You have to get paid. But then who's paying you? But who's going to pay them if they don't have the rights to it? Right. Um. And so it's it's uh. So that's the struggle it becomes the business side of show business. Um. To kind of find the funds and and get the rights and pay the dough to let the creatives go.
0: I think that's, at least that you know that kind of helps people understand it's never as simple as like they're just not doing it you know it's like no they you know everything especially in films just seems like it takes so fucking long to yeah the process it can be it can be
2: and then there's other times where it's just like okay we've got this, the funds and we're gonna go now or we're gonna beg borrow and steal or we're gonna leverage a credit card you know different levels um where you can just say fuck it let's just go make it but even then you know
0: you've got the leveraged credit card or you've borrowed the money. And yeah.
2: yeah. So hopefully that can get all paid back.
0: <laughs> Netflix, six-episode miniseries. Uh, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, you know, sometimes things come out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I don't Netflix, Netflix. Netflix is shelling out dough. I think, like, Netflix, of all entities in the world that feel like Netflix just go here, just take a bunch of money, we'll make it. Yeah. It'd be fucking great.
2: No, it's cool. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, that's actually one of the things that we talk about in in the documentary is that the digital realm has really created the possibility for so many people to tell their stories you know Um, and I think it's really helped with documentary and we've also seen the impact of you know digital streaming and digital communication affect politics and culture um you know people are shooting movies on mobile phones you know you're getting fucking 4k out of your mobile device (laughs) which is projection quality theatrical um so the means of production have become but there's also the expensive version of that but it's also impacted exhibition and distribution back to netflix and streaming and all of the other ways to uh to get your story told or seen.
0: I mean, it is, it, it is definitely the re- it is, is a good justification for the digital culture that we live in. I also, you know, it is kind of interesting to me that there are matrix themes that seem very applicable to now, which is, which is people sort of building these digital, um, facades that we live right. in. Like you can create whatever truth or reality you want. If you yeah. surround yourself with the right, algorithms to tell you what you want to hear and it's kind of weird like it's kind yeah. of strange that that's where we live now
2: I know it's crazily <laughs> diabolical <laughs> and then you know and here comes you know virtual reality and you know VR and AR and yeah that's going to be a whole other bunch of fun and games
0: I was telling someone I think virtual reality I was like I I feel like there will be an addiction problem with virtual reality because why would you want to live in the real world if you could live in a perfectly idealized reality for most of the time I mean, you'd get out to eat and pee but other than that you know yeah i think it's gonna be that's the problem. dark side
2: i mean that was the dark side of you know that idea that was in popularly introduced to us in the matrix but i mean i was developing a tv show called user that was just about that like if you can sit in your home and you can travel and you can have experiences why go to real life and part of that was that you would just go to real life so that you could pay for your artificial life.
0: You're, you'd ha- yeah, you'd need to be able to fund it.
2: Yeah. So oh. it was just basically junkies who are just you know. But the uh, the other hand of that was that like, but if you were blind, you could see. Right. And if you couldn't run, you could run the beach. And if you couldn't swim, if you were you know paralyzed, you could go. F- you could fly.
0: Right. All that stuff's great. Most people would just be like,
2: <laughs> "Don't say it." The Sweet- the Swedish are working on it. <laughs> There's the, the haptic suit is coming to you very shortly. Just put this suit on, put the goggles on, put the th- with the earplugs, and away we go. And it's got AI.
0: And it's got AI too. So you yeah. can have a conversation
2: yes. and feel that the warming power of the haptic suit. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and and you. Know, it's I mean, if we're going to go there, I mean, just the the neurochemistry, behavioral knowledge that is being gained and starting to interact with these new technologies, um, you know, a virtual reality experiences basically implant into your real experience, right? Memory.
0: But and you can't really distinguish between what's real and no, what's you're dead. just going to
2: have the same experience, yes.
0: Yeah. Distinguish, yeah, you're not going to forget that you're having VR, but it's still going to feel your brain,
2: neurochemistry wise, is going to be activated, your action potentials are going oh my to God. become enacted. So dangerous right (laughs) it's It's gonna be so fucked up it's so (laughs) fucked up and we're I think like our generations yeah but people would say to you that's fucked up but then they would give you the other side right so think of how you could do therapeutic psychological exercises and treatments and Yes. think about you know the travel and experiences that you couldn't have in of real course. life but you
0: could have and I think, know oh, but I just I can't know? I can't ignore a, a, you know 10,000 years of evidence that mankind will take anything good and try to put it on its dick you know what i mean right. it's like that's what that's what or kill you with or it or kill you with it yeah <laughs> so it's yes of course you know it's like you know every great superhero movie starts out with a oh we did this to try to help and then it went horribly right. wrong because well
2: i mean you know if we go into like entertainment you know in terms of culture and you know is it is it to teach and learn and hold the mirror up to better ourselves and artists generally try to do that you know but then there's also escapist entertainment right right where i don't want to fucking think about anything right you know and i i want to get my synapses turned off and i don't want to you know i just i just want to watch something and be entertained and think it's funny and all of those kinds of
0: things do you do would you want to like direct a bunch of stuff ever because it seems like you love storytelling i do indeed sir um yeah you know i'd love to direct i mean i had one chance to do it and
2: i'd love to have the chance to do it again um just trying to find a story got to find a story to tell yeah
0: it seems like, but just hearing you talk, I mean, you almost kind of did that with the documentary. Yeah. But it seems like you like this sort of... Uh, this kind of like where are we going almost the singularity of, of yes. it all like the Kurzweilian. like oh it's yeah. you know we're all the- Ray but yeah. <laughs> well, Ray's an
2: optimist right? <laughs> you think so? There won't be any food and there'll be no weather and we'll be in caves but we'll be better you know right. it's all gonna I'll have a you know artificial arm brain mind thing no cancer everything right. we'll be eaten, no, no, no. or Black Mirror did you and watch Black any Mirror. of the Black well, Mirror? Black Mirror is like I'm, yeah the last season was really I thought I mean I Enjoy them, but I thought the the confrontation of humanity and technology. I thought they were really clever and yeah, and really on point, and just a little bit, you know, they had more digital immortality and yes, you know that choice and some of the behavioral kind of um you know the aspect with the bees like mm-hmm. if, if you could commit murder and um yeah so th- there's some I you know I think art can do that right that's you know kind of like watch out right what's coming, you know.
0: So as we're kind of winding this down, uh oh my God, I can't believe it. This has almost been an hour already. Uh I hope it has not felt like an hour no, to you. No, no, good clean fun. Good. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, the last... It was so much fun the last time you were on, and it was really, you know, I just want people to come on and be comfortable and not sort of feel like they're being grilled. Um But particularly with someone like you, you know, I, I'm such a fan of what you do that... I don't, I try to like mash that down a little bit. And like, we're just two guys. Yeah, chilling out. We're just two and guys on a couch in an artificial environment in a hotel in West yeah. Hollywood on a Friday morning. Conversing, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Conversing. Well, that's what's the part of the one, one of the best things about the podcast is, is like, hey, these are people that I like and respect. What's it like to just talk to them like people and not, right. you know, right. like grill? So that's I, you know, that's why a lot of the questions come from sort of Chris. What's happiness for you? I don't know. I it's this moment. It's this moment right now. You know what I think? What do you hope for <laughs> in twenty seventeen? You know what? That's a great. That's a great question. I think that's a great way to kind of we'll we'll each sort of talk about what happiness is to us. No, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. You no, have to confront it. No. Keanu is balled up on the couch no, in a fetal position. I was joking. Like he was told was he had to kidding. do his homework. Happiness is not homework, Keanu. <laughs> no. Happiness is not homework. Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> You're going to school. You are going to school. I made you breakfast.
2: I'll leave. I'll, you'll see me walk out the door, but you don't know where I'm going. <laughs>
0: I will have drones. Make sure you go to school. Oh, yeah. Now we can just bug kids and oh, make right. sure Get they go where they're going. Yeah. 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 Just like tag them. like, no, I know you didn't go to school. It's for you your it safety. It's, yeah. I'm doing this just – I'm doing this for your you. safety. Yeah. There is. There is. <laughs> you know, that's it. but it is an interesting question. Like what, what is it? Because I feel like we're so inundated with so much information at all times and I don't think we're really – I don't think we can really process how much information we're mashing in. Good stuff, bad stuff, neutral stuff – and so lately, happiness for me has been kind of uh, disconnecting a bit uh-huh. and being okay with not having to be so to not know anything kind of <laughs> I mean in a way <laughs> no, to unplug a little bit and to sort of be you know in the in the moment and appreciate something and not be thinking about the past or the future or what someone online said or some, something like right. that right. Uh, do you, do you agree with that? Or what do you, what, what, do you, what is, what is, what are chunks of happiness for you? How do you know when you're happy? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, when I feel good. Feel good. Um, I, mm, you know, I, I, I'm not really plugged into, for me, doing what you just spoke about would be like, um, yeah, maybe, but I got to answer those emails, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah i mean i'm gonna say some really fundamental basic things but i mean you know experiences with your friends um doing good work you know being involved in work um you know i love riding motorcycles i have a motorcycle company um uh some travel i mean i'm really you know it's like you know some food and shelter a little bit of love yeah here and there you know go hang out do some things if you, you can. can i mean i feel really lucky to to have the resources or the opportunities to do both you know personally and creatively to have a chance at things you know
0: i mean do you give yourself that sort of reward like do you wake up some days and go hey you know i think i actually been doing okay like or do you go like Oh no i still got to do this or i got to do that or do you kind of allow yourself to feel like hey you know what i I've, yeah, I've, i think whatever it is that i set out to do i think i'm doing it um, no, I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm,
2: I'm a workaholic and, um, so I, 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 and I like to make things, you know? Um, so, and I, and I do feel like I do have a ticking clock. So the, the mortality, um, the wonderful mortality punch in the face, Right. uh, with age, uh, happened. So. Um, but with all that, still, yeah, you know, enjoying the simple things, but we're gonna die, man.
0: <laughs> Wait, now? No, what? <laughs> no, so no, you're immortal. I feel like there's, there's a there's, there's a, someone, uh, so I saw, I saw no. something, I remember it was on Reddit or something, but it was a, it was like a Keanu Reeves through the ages, and it was like a painting from 1580 that looked like you, <laughs> and one funny. from like the 1700s looked like you, and it was like uh, 84, 94, 2004, <laughs> now, and you're just, you know, with the exception of different hairstyles. Hair, lines on the face. You look exactly the same. Oh, man. Well, I'll, that's my
2: ancestors then, because I certainly haven't done anything to... Earn to keep that <laughs> keep that show going. There's there's no yeah. That's definitely you know whoever came before me and what I inherited.
0: Well, cause... what's left then if, if if you feel like okay mortality is out there, whatever. Like what's left? What is it that you feel like? Is there any point? Oh, I gotta quote. I gotta quote Parenthood, a movie that you're fantastic in, oh, where Jason Robards goes. You never cross the goal line. You never, never. spike the ball. You know, yeah. like he, he says that to Steve Martin and it's just like, oh, fuck. And the older yeah. you go, oh, God, there's not really a, you know. So what is it? What is it for you that you think that you got? I don't know. I'm not quite a journey destination person, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Um, but, you know, I live in a like, what have you done? Late in me biz- for me business. Sure, sure. So and I also don't mind that in the way that, you know, I'm a bit of a gypsy. But I mean, you, you want to make good works. You want to, you know, you want to have the experience of, of that. You know, I love acting. Um, I love producing, trying to help other people have a chance to tell stories. Um, you know, I'm a part of a film called To the Bone that just got well-received in Sundance. So there's a there's a little fucking... Nice. Throw, there's a little spike of the football there. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, okay, that happened, so what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Moment <laughs>
0: over. Now what? Now, now what? Now what happens? Now what? You know, yeah.
2: so it is... There is, I mean... I guess that's a that's a version of a beautiful bourgeois rat race. I'm in a beautiful bourgeois rat
0: race. Another great band. That's the album name. <laughs> that's the album title for the band that we came up with earlier. Yeah. What was the
2: band name? I can't uh, remember. Was of it the Johns? Uh, oh, the, yeah, the, the, the th- John. No, but, all, uh, the all, the Johns, all the Johns? All the Johns? All the
0: Johns? Was it all the Johns? I think it was all I the Johns. I am John. I am John. I am John. I am John. Yeah. Am John. yeah. yeah. If you yeah. could, if you could tell, like you know. 1985 Keanu Reeves who just moves to Los Angeles with a fresh face and a song in his heart. (laughs) If you could tell him anything, what would you say with, you know that much runway behind you, what would you What would you tell them?
2: What would I tell them to yeah. see what's coming? Yeah, what would you what, say? What like, would I say? What, what would you give them any good? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Go back. <laughs> I, that's definitely not that's happening. That's out of the question. I mean, do you mean like advice or warning so that yeah, I could sidestep some are, of the, yeah, the tragedy exactly, and mishap exactly. yeah.
0: and the pain? Absolutely. Um... Uh, or should we sidestep pain? You know, like pain is pain has its place. And like, yeah, I can't
2: tell him not to take that motorcycle with that crash because that's kind of, I survive, so all's well that ends well.
0: Um, and who knows if that taught you something that you were able to use later. You know what I mean? Like right, you never right. Know. Learn
2: from your, your greatest enemies, your greatest teacher. Kind of. Your failures are the the things you learn to your next success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, these are all going in the new fact notebook. Um, <laughs> no, because, you know, they're, they're these things because they're true. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm going to leave that kid alone. Just let you him know. make his own choice. I'll look at him and just say, good luck, young man.
0: <laughs> what happens? Am I going to tell you anything?
2: I'm not going to tell you anything, man, but good luck. <laughs> try like- not to be too awful to other people. Try not to, you know, try not to see if. But I was that guy. I am that guy, you know? So,
0: I don't know. I just wish him luck. So, there's a Bill and Ted landing in the phone booth at Circle K and seeing slightly <laughs> past Bill and Ted and telling them where you're like, oh, and this is going to happen, and then this is going to
2: yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, then that would be like, then, then you're like communicating some of the happy, good, clean fun that's going to happen. Right. You know, you have so much to look forward to, and like, it's going to be awesome. Good luck. <laughs> well, oh, great. I, that, and then, then, then when that guy meets me, Right, then you have that next meeting with the eighty-five. Your eighty, the eighty-five kid gets to talk to the twenty-seventeen kid. Right, and he's like, "So I've seen what you've done, and holy fuck, man! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, I know like, some of that great stuff that you talked about was really good, but some of that other stuff, you could have said something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah, come just on, just a little
0: bit, just come on, a hint, a hint, maybe."
2: It's just the way it goes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, should,
0: why do, I wouldn't have made that sequel to Garfield in 2025. Why didn't you tell me not to do that? <laughs>
2: well,
0: I hope, uh, I, hope, I hope you're appreciating like what's going on because it's great. And when I mentioned like, my, the writer's room from one of the shows that I work on, I said, oh, I'm doing – tim going to be on the podcast for John Wick 2. A bunch of the writers who are very cynical comedy guys were yeah. like, I fucking can't wait for that movie. You know <laughs> that's kind. So people are really excited about it, and it was Me fantastic. Too. So oh, I'm
2: glad you liked it, man. I love this picture, love the role. And I hope people like it.
0: Well, thanks, man. It was great to see you, oh, and you too. Uh, enjoy. Wait, wait, would you mind ending the podcast by we we say enjoy your burrito? It's exactly what you were talking about. It means just enjoy your present. Enjoy uh, your present.
2: Enjoy your burrito.
0: I couldn't say it any better than that.